Excellent. Welcome to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. I'm Nick Colius, and my vert is... Let's not talk about that. Um, it's about as high as this tiny little espresso cup. But the other day, I'll have you know, I did do a wicked two-handed reverse slam on an eight-foot hoop. Eight foot, eight yeah. foot hoop. I was over at the elementary school, and I always got to test myself. I'm like, can I still jam on that thing? I can still jam on the eight still foot jam. hoop. <laughs> this is like a, like a adrenaline rush. It kind of just puts you over the top for a couple more. Exactly, days. exactly. Um, Heather Eastman, our co-host. How are your hops these days? Uh, non-existent. Non-existent. I mean, I can I can jump like. I'm not gonna lose a challenge. Like over an so, earthworm. Well, like if someone says, "Can you jump on that box?" Like I will muster, you know, <laughs> muster the ability trying. to jump on top of a box one time. But and uh, I'm really, I'm really excited to talk with our guest today. Not just because he's given me the chance to spend the last half of a workday looking at old footage of slam dunk competitions. <laughs> he's Myrie Bowden, aka Remix, a legend in the world of slam dunking, and one of the new Bodybuilding.com team members. Myrie, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's all a, it's all a dream. I always thought about Bodybuilding.com, but now the collaboration. I, well, that's the thing. It's it's a really interesting collaboration. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not something that, that you look. You go, obviously like slam dunk legend bodybuilding.com, Those two go, go together. But yeah. but I think it does. It does. It, it really does. I mean, I I definitely was a big fan before I even thought the collaboration would happen. I mean, bodybuilder.com is something that I used to just check out and dream about. Like wow. That physique or how they mm-hmm. work out, but well, then, you got to have the arms when you're in, you're in the tank top. Out, I mean, that's like guys like what uh, Larry Johnson, those guys. Like, you know, their 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 arms are part of the package. You have to look the part. <laughs> if you don't look the part, you don't you don't get the extra hurrah. You get and, the booze. Uh, I'm totally showing my age by referencing Larry Johnson, yes, 1989, 1992. Grandma, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I say you're a legend because you have you have some accomplishments back in the day as a dunker, but like you won the NCAA dunk contest in. In what 2002 2003 2004 2004 you won other competitions you were on the harlem globe trotters um but you know you're also a guy who like you have kept going like you're you're an underground dunk legend you look around on youtube you see this guy he keeps putting out keeps putting out as you get into your 30s you're still putting out these things and the, the commenters are like i remember my my read back in the day it seems like he's jumping higher now than he was and he was like 22 years old right right and that's and that's i, I want to ask you about that because it's kind of unbelievable um, but I also just want to talk to you about dunking because it's a really fascinating skill. It, it's I, this is going to make me sound super nerdy, but it's it's a little <laughs> bit like a golf swing because there's so much that happens in such a short period of time. Yeah. There's like only so much you can think about, but it all comes together and it's really fascinating to watch. Um, so so bring us back to you when you were a little kid <clears throat> to start. Like, were you just like crazy dunking on the little plastic hoop growing up? Oh man, well taking way back. <laughs> um, well, as, as a youngster, the, the biggest thing that, uh, you know, that I, I kind of grew up having to, uh, you know, I was challenged. I had an older sister and mm-hmm. she was always taller. Uh, she was a great basketball player. <laughs> Just rejecting you uh, over. Oh my gosh. Those backyard <laughs> battles were, were, were horrible for me, but great for her. Uh-huh. Um, and that ignited the, the uh, the competitive nature in myself, um, so I've I've always had to had to beat somebody out, and she was she was definitely taller than me. But, but you um, had a backyard hoop. That's a big. That's had a, a backyard. Big start. Had a backyard hoop, um, and then we had a park down the street. Wherever yeah. we go, even if it was just a trash can, and she was always competitive, and then that kind of. And I, I always wanted to beat her, but um, you know the thing about it, I I couldn't go around her. I couldn't mm-hmm. go past her, and the only way was to go over her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the one thing that um, you know I, I I was doing as a, a youngster was just, um, I mean, I was always fast, uh, could always jump, but um, had to use athletic ability to kind of give me the advantage, mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. take take the the one opportunity you had. There's only one way. So, oh, was yeah. this like an eight foot hoop or ten foot hoop in your backyard? Well, it started off it was a little Fisher Price court, right? Okay, and uh-huh. uh, I mean it was it was it was awesome because. I wasn't dunking on it, but then, you know, I was, I was always shooting towards the top, you know, grabbing the rim. And uh, it was a co- even a couple of times that uh, the rim actually fell on me uh, a couple of times. Because, you know, the little Fisher Price, it it's not sturdy. No, no, I mean, that, that happened to my seven-year-old the other day. You, like, got pinned <laughs> underneath it. I just hear this crash. Growing up in the time that we grew up, the toys were not as safe as they are today. <laughs> right, you didn't get well, to I mean, Then those kids hoops, they're, like, full of sand, you know. There's there's not that much in yeah. it. Like, it's it's not attached to anything in particular. Right, right. right. Um, but, um, you know, at, at the time, like, instead of having to buy an actual official court, um, we just put up on a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher we went, you know, put on a platform, maybe on a chair, and then we'll stack the chairs as high as we can get it. Um, 
and so every time we got so used to a certain height, we just kind of upped the ante a little bit mm-hmm. and just boosted even higher to the point where now, uh, I mean, I still have that you know, mentality where it's like, okay, now the 10 foot is great, but um, I need something a little bit higher, mm-hmm. you know, so it's more of the things of how high can <laughs> See, I See, and people don't think oh, about that, but yeah, there was a, I remember a Dwight Howard in one of the great, alt- uh, great dunk contests, he dunked on a 12 foot hoop uh, yeah. and that was that was like nobody could believe it at that time and then there's some there's some um series on youtube now where it's like guys dunking on higher things are like we're gonna bring it up to 11 and a half see who could do it yeah yeah, yeah that, nobody ever thinks about going higher than 10 but you actually will do that i would do that i um i mean it's all about you know how you limit yourself mm-hmm. um 10 foot is definitely the standard mm-hmm. There's nothing I, and it's standard. honorable. It, it's very, it's very honorable. Uh, wrong if you can only jam on a ten foot hoop. <laughs> to me, what, what's crazy is you're not just dunking. Like you, part of your thing is you're actually going over people. So I want to bring it back to that story with you. You know, your sister. Like, I mean, obviously you have a natural ability, but at what point did you realize, like, okay, all right, this, I'm getting up. This okay. Is the thing. <laughs> well, this is what this is what, uh, and my sister should tell it the same way. She, she exaggerates exaggerates a little bit, but. Um, so she's uh she's been kicking my butt. I mean, all the way through. We're four years apart. Mm-hmm. So when she was a senior in high school, I was eighth grade going into being a freshman, and uh, you know she was kicking my butt, and it was like, wow, like you know I'm I'm not finding a way to actually compete with her. I mean, she's six foot one already, and I haven't even hit the growth spurt. I'm still like <laughs> five four. Um, so you're like Spud yeah. Webb at that. Point. I'm like Spud <laughs> Webb at that time. Um, so she goes off to college. She went off to, uh, you know, the University of Minnesota. You know, she played for the Golden Gophers. Uh, so she, I mean, okay, I'm so not. She, just, she's got, she's got some skills. Yeah, yeah I'm not talking about just, you know, just, oh, no, she was a hooper. Mm-hmm. She was a hooper. So she goes off to Minnesota and she works out. Well, the year between my, Eighth grade and freshman year, I grow six inches. So now I'm not five four. I'm like five ten. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's like, okay, I'm starting to feel myself a little bit. I'm, I'm at the, you know, I'm at the gym. I'm playing summer league, and you know, my competitive nature is having to rise up because now I'm playing against um, bigger and older boys. You know what I mean? Where, um, so now I'm having to work my game. My strength is going. So, um. You know, season comes around. I played my freshman season. I was bumped up to JV. They bumped me up to varsity my freshman year to uh, play playoffs. So, uh, you know, talking to town, my confidence is up. My sister comes back from college. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she comes back from college, uh, you know, the offseason, the summer, and she's like, come work out with me, you know, because mm-hmm. that's one thing. She, I was wants, she wants a piece of you at that point. <laughs> <laughs> she, but, you know, unbeknownst to her, it's like, hey, I've been working on my game, and it's all, you know, it's all for you. So um, she, <laughs> she comes down uh, after we run our uh, wind sprints and, and – um, you know, she's like, let's play a little bit of one-on-one. That's usually how it ends. And I'm the one that usually is, I'm crying, you know, running back home to mom and telling her how she cheated and this is that. <laughs> um, but this time, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, come on, let's go. And I'm nonchalant. And, um, you know, I check the ball up top. I give her a nice little in and out. I mean, I remember like yesterday, I give her a nice little in and out. She gets beat a little bit, but she recovers, which is at an angle. Mm-hmm. Well, the angle that she was coming at was my one-two step to take off. So she recovers, jumps, and man, I just I just jumped over. I just dunked on her. And and <laughs> you, look, you, you actually jump over her at that? No, oh, I gave her I gave oh, her contact. The, the full on yeah, she, the poster. She felt it all, right? Man. She's <laughs> she's on the like, she falls. She's on the ground. It, it should have been a charge. Um, but you know it's a family thing. So there, there's yeah, no there's charge. there's no charges in family basketball. <laughs> like, who's refereeing your one-on-one? <laughs> oh, we're not refereeing. All those elbows I took. No, right, no, exactly. No, uh, it's all fair so, game. So I dunk on her, and uh, you know, like it's a new thing to her because like she's so used to. I mean, she usually block that shot. Mm-hmm. So after dunking on her, it was like a newfound respect. Like, hey, yeah. I'm not a little boy no more. Like, yeah. this is See, and this is when he knew he arrived. This why I knew I arrived. Sister. I like the it. bigger sister, there is a special moment when your brother finally outgrows you, <laughs> and you oh, realize my. it, and you're like, oh shit. All right, so, so so Duncan was not was not new to you at that point. You knew that was something that you could do. At, at what point were you like? Hey, not only touching the rim or jumping close to it is something I have in my abilities here, but I can actually I can get up there. I can do this. Do you remember the first time that you actually jammed a basketball? Um, I, I well, the first time I actually jammed was was during my summer league. Um, well, actually, it was during my my stint between my eighth grade and ninth grade year mm-hmm. um, playing summer league, and it was it was amazing feel because <clears throat> I I played JV and then I played a couple of varsity games and. 
I mean, in Bakersfield, basketball is a rich culture. I mean, it's pretty small, but you have some some greats that comes out of Bakersfield with basketball. Um, so we're playing against one of the top schools, and I'm playing varsity on you know South Bakersfield, and we're we're one of the top schools. And um, just so happened, one of my players, my teammate, shoots the ball, and it comes so perfectly off the rim. And I jump up, and I I I barely tip it in, but I hang on the rim, and. Um, you know, before I can realize what I did, the crowd goes wild. And, <laughs> and that that was like a gift and a curse because after that, I just totally went away from every basketball skill and just worked on dunking from <laughs> that point on. But after that moment, you know, I was able, able to, like, just build on that. Mm-hmm. That was a real energy boost that just I Just knowing wanted. that you could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the crowd, I mean, they didn't help out because, like, I wanted that feel. Like, when they was cheering and yelling, it was almost like – it's no other feeling like it. Right. Mm-hmm. So so w- w- was your game up to that point really just going in and going r- straight for the basket, though? Or were you, were you a perimeter player? Or are you just always, the ball's in my hand, I'm going to go straight for the basket? Yeah, I had no jump shot at all. <laughs> um, I was just really, I was really athletic, really athletic. Uh, I could run fast and jump high. Um, so my, my whole thing was they call me a slasher. I get the ball and I'm going to the cup. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So I wasn't really... I wasn't really a skilled player. I was a really athletic player. So mm. everything I did was athletic. Mm. See, and I was, uh, I, um, you, you did a great video recently breaking down Zion Williamson as a, as a dunker. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was great. It's like, <laughs> you're, like you're a slam dunk analyst now. I think that's a that's a great niche to have, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and part of it was watching a whole bunch of his high school dunks, which are unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. And, but there's one of them that stuck out because... You can just see this look in his eyes, and he's like, here I go. And you hear this coach going, no, 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 no. And then he just does this massive windmill, you know. Right. 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 It made me think, like, was there, were there, was there anybody giving you any resistance? Where they were like, Myrie, wait, hey, wait, 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 don't do that. Um, well, first of all, Zion Williams is a different beast. Right. Oh, my gosh. You talk about he's doing things that, you know, I was doing maybe even better, but a hundred pounds more. Well, that's not, he looks. Like, he looks like Carl Malone out there doing that stuff. He's huge. I, I, it's something in the water. I mean, it's something going on because you wouldn't even imagine like him at that size being able to get up that high mm-hmm. with power and finesse. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely enjoy him now and what he's going to be later because he he's potentially going to be a very, very remarkable player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of resistance when I was when I was in high school um, playing basketball to the point where <clears throat> um, you had a target on your back. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely developed a target because I was able to. I mean, playing above the rim at that level um, wasn't as common. You probably had one or two players who can do it, mm-hmm. but those one or two players really dominate that league because that they were able to. Uh, go to another level that other players couldn't follow. Right. There's no defending that you know, you, you, in high school. Yeah, you cannot defend that. Um, <laughs> so you, you do get a lot of resistance. You do get – I had a lot of coaches that really reverted back to the whole dirty play and and double team and, you know, contact. Oh, okay. Um, so they're really going for oh, you. Oh, they're really, really going after me um, every night, every night. But, um, you know, the thing about, about being a player – a good player is that you learn to adjust. You know, if mm-hmm. you have a weakness, if you're weak, you got to get strong. You know, if you don't have a left hand, you got to work on that left. So <clears throat> it worked out because that, I mean, I was one of those players. I wanted to be great. And whatever they threw at me, you know, if they, if it was successful that time, it wasn't going to be successful the next time because mm-hmm. it was all about adjustment. Mm-hmm. But that's in-game. That's in-game. <laughs> right. So outside of the game, are you really starting to work on, like, what am I capable of? Oh, can I can I bring the ball? Can I just can I work on my windmill? Can I get it around my legs? Can I? Yeah. Were, you, were you practicing all that in your free time? Um, I, I hate to say it. The reason why I hate to say it because like now you have you have that whole classification. You have a dunker and you have a basketball player. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of did. I do both, but outside the game, I, I definitely. I mean, just to be a hundred percent honest. I mean, I've been honest, but <laughs> to be 100% honest is that um, I don't work on it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not one of those guys that can go in the gym and, and for hours just work on a certain move uh, behind the back. Under but the even legs. back then you didn't? No, no. Mm-hmm. It was it was just that I was in the air long enough where if I wanted to do it, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I saw it, um, I'll do it. And the things that I wasn't able to do, I kind of go away from. I mean, there's still some things as far as like maybe the behind the back, 
you know, I'm just not seeing that. The mm-hmm. coordination's not off, you know. The, but um, as far as everything else, I love – I'll go in. Um, I have to play a couple of games of hoop, get the blood running, adrenaline going. Um, and then I just, I just feel it. Mm-hmm. You just have this feel where uh, you could just fly. And, you know, when I, when I start to jump after a game and everything's going well, then I start to try things in the air. Um, so my, my dunk sessions are um, – I'm pretty consistent. So my dunk sessions are probably – maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. But you do have some. There is a culture now where people are just dunking like crazy and their skill is up there. You do have some that being at gym like two or three hours. Right. Just doing that repetition, repetition. That's awesome for them, but it doesn't really sit well with me because I'm a basketball player. So instead of doing the dunks, I know that there's more to the game. I mean, I respect the game, the, the dribbling, the shooting, um, the getting shaved. The, those things are really important to me. The dunking is fun, but I'm just the type of guy that uh, I'll dunk for a little bit. Sure. And, but I really want to work on the game because that's, that's, the, that's the passion. See, I guess what I, what I hear in there also is like you don't, you don't necessarily always go up in the air knowing exactly what you're going to do then, right? That, let's go. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It just It's improv. Uh-huh. It's improv. And I have a thing where – I like to bounce the ball and go and get it. And um, like when doing so, you don't know where the ball is going to bounce. So left or right, mm-hmm. behind you, in front of you, you make it up as you go. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. That's why it's like an art because now um, you just don't know what's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And now that you have the social media and the videos, and now when you look at it afterwards, you're just like, wow, that was – that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. And it only lasts a second. It's it's that's that's the other thing is it's not it's not like a tro- a trophy, a championship thing, or a painting or something like. It. It's like it happens and then it's gone. Then it's yep. gone. Right. Yep. Then it's gone. So right. so so let's let's talk through that moment because yeah, it takes like whatever three to five seconds the whole thing from when you're ten feet away to the basket. Yeah. I kind of want to walk through what you're thinking and what what your body is doing through that process. So you're like ten feet away from the basket. You know you're going to go up and do something. Mm-hmm. What's what are you thinking? When you're, you know, out of the free throw line at that point. Um, well, my mind is clear. Um, but the one thing that, um, I mean, I have a, I have a rhythm. I have uh, certain things that, I, if you, if if you ever notice in my dunk videos, before I go, I'll give a little hop, and that hop is like, as far as accelerating, like, really, really fast. Um, <clears throat> so if I have that hop, that totally puts me into go mode. So that's the one thing that kind of clicks on. It's almost if like um, you're not always in that mode, you're not always in that dimension, or what have you. I mean, a lot of elements kind of play the part. Sometimes I do it outside. The wind is blowing. Sometimes I'm in the gym and the floor is not bouncy. So many things that can play into it. But once I start that hop, it's almost as if like now I'm zoned in. So my body just kind of comes together, gets into the – you know where it needs to be in order to to perform the jump, and um, okay. Then what about like as you're just about ready to leave the ground, one foot or two foot? What do you what are you thinking at that point? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Um, it, it's a, it's a it's a real it's like a blank. You blank out. It, and I hate to say it because it's kind of like um, a contrast. What I said earlier about practicing it, but I've done this motion so many times to the point where you don't have to think about it. And that's the best thing about repetition is like you don't have to think about it. If you if you do this, then it's, it's a part of you. And I felt like Duncan has become a part of me to the point where, I mean, if I, if, I ha- if everything's going right, if I get into my mode, I mean, the performance is going to be up to par. Mm-hmm. So then as you're, as you're getting up, you know, your head is close to the rim, maybe above the rim, <laughs> yeah. are you still blanked out at that point? Or how do you, how do you decide then what to do? Does your body decide? Um, I, I would like to say my body decides, um, but depending on where I catch the ball. I mean, I, I definitely do have an idea of what I want to do. Um, I love the windmill. Um, so catching it in that motion, you know, if, I, if I'm high enough or I'm higher, I can kind of extend and over-exaggerate it. Or if I know I didn't get up high enough, then I have to really speed it up and expedite it. Um, but what, what's going through my head is just that, are you high enough? And that's like a rim check. And I'm, I'm known for getting my head at the rim. So if I'm eye level with the rim, then I know like, oh, this is about to be crazy. I feel it. Like, I'm like, this is about to be crazy. And the fun, I mean, the great part is like, 
even before hitting the ground, if I'm in a real great atmosphere, I mean, you just hear the crowd. It's oh my, you know what I mean? Like, and it's almost like <laughs> coming down. It's like ah, that was that was awesome. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Go ahead. Just, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what what is it about about the windmill that you like so much? I mean, clearly it's an it's an iconic way to dunk a basketball. Like when I think of a windmill, I think as like Dominique Wilkins and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Just those monster windmills or Vince Carter. What what is it about that that really speaks to you? It's authority. Mm-hmm. It's it's about um, imposing your will on on the dunk. Um, it's about just just being able to, to throw it down. I mean, that's it's such a it's such a great feeling. It's almost it's almost equivalent to to maxing out on the bench or mm-hmm. or to uh, you know getting a PR and the hand clean. It's like you, you get this feeling where not many people are doing this and be able to perform this. It's like you're you're doing it with aggression, authority, like you're. You're putting your stamp on it, you know. So I mean, <clears throat> it just it just feels it feels great. You got a lot of people who are just grazing the rim. People are just tip, you know, tipping the ball in and and wishing. But now you're not only dunking, you're taking some time in the air and really throwing it down. So um, it, I can't even explain. You just have to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> okay, I, that's it. I don't need to do it. Yeah, you just have to start dunking, Nick. All right. So so you go you go to college, right? You have. You have success in dunk contests, but did, were you were you thinking? What were you thinking at that point in terms of you know your dreams of basketball? Clearly, you don't just love dunking. You said you love basketball. I do. Yeah. What 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 were you thinking after you got out of college? <clears throat> um, I, I wanted to play. I wanted to play on. I wanted to play professional. Um, I wanted to you know everybody. That's that's the whole ultimate ultimate dream. I mean, college was great. I always look past it. I always look to the next step. And the next step, I wanted to go to the NBA. And mm-hmm. and I wanted to get that real stardom where now you're playing in a sold-out arena, as you know, like 20,000 fans. And, you know, you're on TV and you're getting paid the big bucks. And, you know, you're great. Um, you know, so my overall game, I really felt like that's something I had to like, really work on. I didn't really realize that dunking was going to be my niche. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really, you know, dunk is great, but even the coach, you know, it's always not looked down upon. But yeah, you can dunk, but you're probably going to get maybe one, maybe one if you're lucky, maybe two if you're if you're having a good game, and even then, those are only two points. Right. So you know, you go up to a coach, and be like, "Hey, I'm one of the best dunkers in the world." They're going to look at you like. <laughs> Yeah, but can you dribble to the court right. or the dunk? You know, how so, many points is yeah. that worth exactly? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so with that, you, you kind of, I kind of put it in my back pocket. I mean, I love to do it, and it gave me that that boost and encouragement, uh, boost my ego. Um, but at the same time, it was like, if I want to be great in this game, I'm gonna have to work on everything else. So dunking wasn't really the emphasis on it um, until until I do the NCAA dunk contest. And that's like, I I didn't even know the magnitude of it. I'm just like, hey, they have a dunk contest, and they you know invited me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go do it. That'd be mm-hmm. that'd be great. Um, and then I, I walk into the arena, and and it, and that's all we're doing. We're just dunking. I mean, usually you know it's a game where you know you're not just dunking, you're doing everything else. But they just came to see the dunk, and I'm like. Okay, we can embark on this. So <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it really set in, um, because after after dunking, you know, it was, and this is way before you had the whole social media. We barely had YouTube. Not to give away my age, but you can find uh, <laughs> you can find it on YouTube. But it's clearly yeah, shot your, on like an old camcorder. It is a really your old age camp. is easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it's almost like. I didn't really grasp it. I mean, of course, the crowd went wild. And by the way, I didn't win that dunk contest. I lost by point two oh. to Andre Emmett. He's uh, he, he played for Texas Tech and went on to play. But point two, which I, if you look at, it, I think I got robbed. But you know, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> um, but as far as that didn't really resonate. That didn't really sit in until after the dunk contest. After my phone started blowing up. After you see it on TV. After you're walking around town and and people are walking up to you and they're like, "Hey, I seen you do this and that." And all of a sudden, you realize that oh, this dunking thing is bigger than I thought. You know. Mm-hmm. And not only that, now people start to play into it. Like, yo, you give people six foot and under a chance. This and I'm looking like, what? Like, I mean. Did, Wow, that's a, that's amazing. It's an amazing feel. So now not only are you being entertaining, you're being inspirational. Mm-hmm. You're inspiring. And now you have kids walking up to you. How can I do what you do? And and um, 
you know, even even older guys who want to jump high, what are you doing differently in your, your workout, your diet, this, this, and that. So all of a sudden you're just like, wow, like this is bigger than just the dunk. Um, and that's when my personality and my work ethic and everything started going into it to the point where the dunking is going to get the attention. But once they understand that, it's a lot more that goes into it than just putting the ball in the hoop. Now you can make it your own. And right. that's where right. it really started. I mean, because yeah, you think about like there are there are a lot of good college basketball players. There are there are just a lot of good basketball players, period. Yeah. But if they get out of college and they're like, all right, there's not an obvious route to the pros here, mm-hmm. they just go around the rest of their life, right? They yeah. they don't yeah, yeah, they might still be that guy who can throw it down at the Y, right. but they're not they're not really cultivating that skill or so, you know even you 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 had kids after college you had a job you're a teacher mm-hmm. and you kept cultivating this you 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 were jumping higher that's the thing like i see people say like i remember Meyer used to jump like 45 i swear he's jumping 53 <laughs> now oh, yeah. and it was 10 years after college like yeah. what was it about that that still just like even when the rest of the world was maybe giving you a message like yeah you're, you're not going to be a a yeah. basketball player, you're like, no, I'm going to do this, man. Yeah, for the record, yeah. the first thing I pulled up on you, it had a quote that said, he's basically old as shit in the dunk world. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that, and that was a couple of years ago. Oh so, my. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh, yeah. and, and you're still doing it. You're, I mean, you were doing it just the other day outside our building. So, yeah. yeah like, uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, and I haven't really, I haven't even grasped the concept of being too old yet. Um, I, I just love doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, but it, it really has played a major role in life. I mean, I know it, Duncan is not really – I mean, people don't even take it that serious. And that's the one thing about about life is, like, it's just whatever you take serious, whatever, whatever – what means something to you um, for you to protect it. And, and definitely – I mean, it's yours. You know, and that's I like that. You, you protect it. It's yeah. not just like you're like, I want to do this. You're like, no, you got it's your thing. You got to protect, you got to yeah. cultivate and it. I guess that's yeah. what I'm kind of curious about. And for the record, you're not old, you're in your 30s. <laughs> okay. But, you know, to all these young guys in their 20s and their teens that are doing this, like, you seem like you're aged to them, but you're, yeah. you're only in your 30s. And yet there has to be something that you're doing. And that's what I'm really curious about because it's very clear from the, the condition that you're in and the fact that you're still doing this that you take care of of your body off the court. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of where, where I'm curious as, you know, as a lifter and as a, as an athlete, what, you know, what does that look like? What have you kind of figured out that to Nick's point that some of these other guys that get out of college and they don't really know what to do, so they don't, they don't right. take care yeah, like, of their physique. Like, get, getting you, the hops is hard. Yeah. Keeping it's gotta yeah. be the what hard you, part. What right? are you doing that's, that's kind of different? And how can you share that with someone um, listening? Well, it, it, I'm a very, very, uh, very spiritual person, um, first and foremost. So I'll just give you the whole spill on it. Um, I, I came out of college and, you know, I was jumping high, uh, dunking, and um, got the opportunity to play for the Harlem Globetrotters uh, for two and a half years and was traveling the world and and dunking and um, they appreciate the dunk. Oh, oh they yeah. appreciate the yeah. dunk. That was. It. I, just, I just saw them last year when they came to town. I hadn't seen them since they were a kid. They get it, <laughs> they, man. Yeah. It's such a fantastic, fun experience. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was. It was the best part was being on the court. Um, you know, because you're an ambassador for basketball. So, um, <clears throat> you know, playing for them was just. You know, it was. It was awesome. It wasn't NBA, but it was. It was professional. It was something that, you know, I love to do, and it kind of, again emphasize on the dunk so it was like i don't really i mean you do have to dribble but like all the other skill really doesn't matter as much you just want me to dunk so um so i played for them two and a half years and um i ended up uh breaking my shin i broke i broke my shin uh it was a stress fracture wasn't as bad but it was it was painful and i shouldn't have been playing on it um by the time i was getting paid and depending on the pay so i used to pain kill like, you know, painkillers pop them um, and continue to play. So I went from a two-foot jumper to now I got to, you know, start jumping off one because my other leg isn't working as much. So, you know, didn't tell anybody, just kept playing and, you know, jumped off one now, you know, uh, and still performing, still being able to, you know, do all the requirements. Um, and then all of a sudden my other leg goes out, you know, another stress fracture. So now both legs are just 
in pain. Like, it's no way that I can even, I mean, I'm walking around, my, my shins are swollen, I'm, I'm having to do different things to maneuver to stop the blood from rushing to it, to try to, try to maintain. Um, and uh, it, it, it really, it got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to, I had to give it up as far as like, stop, stop jumping and dunking. And, um, and it, it was just painful. So it, it took me out. It took me out for a while. Um, I was let go from the Globe Trotters. I um, couldn't perform. They didn't even just trade you to the Washington Gen- Generals <laughs> at that point. <laughs> that, would, that would have been awesome. They probably, they probably, they probably would have cut me too because I couldn't even, I couldn't even run. I could barely walk, man. It was so painful. I never felt that pain ever um, from jumping. But I, I really, I had to, you know, after being let go and the time off. You know, I really dug deep inside myself, like, why is this happening to me? You know, like, why why is it like, you know, I even, uh, you know, many times on my knees asking God, like, hey, you you gave me this gift, you know, and and I don't I don't think that I've done enough with it. Like, why are you taking this away from me? Like, why am I not? Um, so I, I really blamed it on just the lifestyle that I kind of embarked in. It was a very unhealthy lifestyle. Like, I didn't take care of my body. I... Uh, you know, I went out a lot. I, I partied. Um, you know, I, I I ate wrong foods, and you know, it was almost like I was living that road life and not knowing what got me there. So it came down to, okay, I understand now. Like this is why I'm not I'm not appreciative. I'm not I'm not protecting what that gift that God's given me. I have I'm not, you know, I'm not doing my part. I'm almost as if putting all the workload on God, like, hey, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you got me. And then you're asking, why? Yeah, why, asking, why'd you do this yeah, right. to me? Not why did I do this to myself? <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense, man. Right. So, I mean, um, what ended up happening is, like, I, I I made a promise. I made a promise to God and myself. I was like, man, if you allow me to jump again, then I'll, I'll, I'll protect this gift. I'll make sure that I'm going to get the most out of it. You know, I'm not going to stop. I'll continue to jump. Um, and... Say about it was like three to three to six months. I was just bedridden, like I couldn't really walk. I had to keep my my feet planted a certain way so it wouldn't, you know, aggravate the the shins. And oh, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. But um, you know, after I was re- released from the doctor, um, little by little, I was I, I went out to the court to go dunk, and I couldn't even jump over a phone book. I, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even happen. And I'm I'm hurt, you know. I'm discouraged. I'm hurt, and this is mad, but. You know, something told me keep going, keep going. So little by little, I'm just doing little workouts. I'm eating right. Uh, I'm doing research on 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 bones and and the muscles around it that, that try to protect the bone and to keep it healthy and how to recover. And so all this stuff is like is accumulating all this information and and now it's habit of just you know like it wasn't even habit. It's more like gaining control. Like no, I'm not going to eat that. No, I'm gonna get up at six o'clock in the morning and go work out. You know, um, I'm gonna do the exercises that that are the right exercises. I'm, gonna, you know, everything started to get to the point where I started to go away from everything that was so easy, which is like just living normal. I'm not a normal person, so I went away from you know eating the bad food and and just sitting around and doing nothing, and to the point where now I built a habit where I'm I'm working out. I'm getting a proper rest. I'm eating right. Um, I'm I'm doing the research on how to jump higher and and how to protect your body and your muscles and this is not it. And it got to the point where it just became me. Um, and that's where the whole more than the dunker came in because I realized that this is this is what I want to do. This is this is mine. Like I'm not. I mean, so many things have been taken away from me in the world, and I've seen so many things I don't have any control over. But this right here is like, this is mine. It's mine. So what are you going to do with something that's yours? You're going to make sure that it, it is – make sure that you, you take care of it. It's yours. So um, the work ethic is there. I mean, the, the eating right is there. The discipline is there. And it's all because like, I it's been taken away before. I've seen the life without it. And – not that life isn't great, but that life was hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not that it's any easier now, but doors are opening, um, blessings are always coming down. And not only for me, but you know, I get messages still today where people are like, "Dude, I watch you every day. 
you inspired me to get back in the gym. People from 50, year, 50, 50 years old asking me, how do I get it back to kids who are 13, 11, 12, ask me, how do I get it? You know, or mm-hmm. people who are injured, you know, can relate to me. Like, what did you do for your injuries? This is not. And it's like, once, once you see that, it's like, now not only are you practicing this lifestyle for yourself, you're practicing this lifestyle for everybody. Like, this is, this is a gift that you're going to continue to gift out. You know, it's not mine. It's everybody's, and it's just working through me. So um, I don't know if I answered the question. But no, I think it's great. That's yeah. a, it's, it's, oh, an excellent answer. It's, re- it's really interesting <laughs> to hear you say that, too, because, like, you're, okay, you're out of the Globetrotters at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, you're not going to win the NBA dunk contest. You're kind of just doing it. Why at that point? Just because it's like, is it really at that point, you know, doing all the studying, you're a teacher, right? Yeah. Are you just doing it because you just love the thing so much? Even if nobody's watching, I'm going to still be the best at this? That I, That's the thing. Even when nobody's watching, somebody's watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your kids are watching. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my kids are watching. They're a bunch of computer nerds. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, they are. In fact, I have my my son, Noah, he, run, he runs track now. He's uh, he's 13. Um He's fast as heck, and it's almost if I see, I see myself, and I'm like, like, dude, like, you're gonna be great. I can see the the fight in you, but now, I mean, you have the blueprint. Mm-hmm. You have the blueprint. It's no such thing as going out there and having to guess, and not even to go, you know, way back into my story was so happy, but everything I I did, I had to go and learn the hard way. Um, but now he has the blueprint where he can just. You know, ask questions. You're going to get the right answer. Um, you know, watch. And you're going to you're going to see how it's done. Um, so you're right. I'm not going to go and win any NBA dunk contest. Um, although every time there's an NBA dunk contest, my name pops up. Like, hey, I'm sure it does. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not talking about right now. I, I feel like it'd be great to see you right now doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, back back then, you had to have been wondering, like, what? Yeah. What is the what is the future with this? Yeah. I I had no idea. The funny part was like. You know, things, like I said, doors opened up. I mean, after the Globe Charters, I mean, I got back in the shape, uh, was still playing, and then something pops up with slam ball. Mm-hmm. And slam ball, I don't know if you ever uh, heard of slam ball, but it's this crazy sport that they mixed. Uh, was the ones with the, tramp, the trampolines mm-hmm. in the okay, floor. Okay, I was going to say, I, th- I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They had, I mean, it's a mixture of football. Uh, basketball, hockey, and gymnastics, and and it was like, okay, it was like, dude, you, when it's the chaos, promoter, yeah, it's chaos. <laughs> but when the promoter hit me, he's like, dude, you'd be perfect for this. So that opportunity popped up, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing out here, um, but got good at the sport, and uh, was a rookie of the year that year, was third leading scorer, um, and it was like, wow, this is, you know, it's amazing um, as far as opportunity, but things of that sort. Popped up the next year after that. I was put on to the as an NBA All Star recruit and, and ambassador. Where um, what we did was we traveled to the major cities, uh, maybe I think like five months out of the year, and put on the NBA All Star experience. Mm-hmm. Where you know they had me out, and I was wasn't competing competing with the NBA dunk contest contestants, but you know I was considered all-star and, you know, doing my own thing out there where I was on display um, for the experience. And then during the NBA all-star, you know, I'm sitting next to LeBron James and and Kobe Bryant and Daryl Dawkins. Rest in peace. Daryl Dawkins. Oh, that was my Backboard guy. crasher. Oh, my gosh. That was my guy, man. He, uh, We was on tour for about six years straight. And when I say that, that – he was he was like a really great friend to me. So, but um, I mean, I'm sitting next to the greats, NBA greats, you know, for dunking. So I continued it because not only, you know, was it inspiration the most. I mean, it was putting me in where I wanted to be. I mean, I wasn't playing against these guys on TV. I was actually playing against, them, but wasn't playing against them on TV. But I was, you know, in the realm. I was playing next to these guys, playing, you know being affiliated with them, going to NBA showcases, meet and greets, mm-hmm. sitting next to them, interacting with them. And it was like, like wow, that's a blessing. So, no, I didn't I didn't make it to the NBA, but I was but in you, the But NBA. you never know. I mean, that's I think there's a really important message in there. Like when you protect your, you protect your abilities, you mm-hmm. protect your body, you don't know 
what the what doors are going to open. And it, it could be something that's completely different than what you would have anticipated. If you came to you at age 17, you're like, yeah. all right, this is what it's going to look like. You're like, okay, like, okay, I guess. <laughs> right. Say so. No, you're yeah. right. I mean, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's, that's one thing about, about uh, that's why this this whole experience with bodybuilding.com is like, it's a, it's like, it's a blessing. Just because I, I love, I love working out. I love working out. And, um, we all know, I mean, not everybody knows, but the thing about working out is like, you can work out all your life, but if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to get right. any results. Yeah. So I, even before I even thought of bodybuilding.com, I was on, I was on YouTube, you know, checking it out. And, and even though, you know, the guys were looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ronnie Coleman, and I'm nowhere near it, but it was like real fascinating to see how, you know, they're, they're showing how their diet is, they're showing what exercises they do and how their body adjust to that and it's almost like wow you mean i can go in the gym and i could do it just like this and my body will like i mean of course i'm not gonna throw on 100 pounds but i mean you're going to get results from mm-hmm. this they're giving free information i mean bodybuilding.com is like giving free information um to the point where if you if you didn't watch well, the time like i said i want i want to stay in shape and do the right things and you know stay ready it was like if you're not in that realm, if you're not a personal trainer, if you're not in the atmosphere of everybody working out, if you're just at home, you know, and you don't have no idea, like where do you get your information from? Right. Mm-hmm. And and I mean now we have all access, which is awesome. Um, but now you have like the blueprint, which is like accessible to you. Mm-hmm. You can go there, you can get anything, anything you need. I mean, whether you want to, you know, build your biceps, build your build your back or now it's getting to the point where maybe you don't want to hit the waist. Maybe you want to do yoga, you know, or, mm-hmm. or maybe you don't want to embark on the whole bodybuilding or, you know, the yoga. Maybe you want to do CrossFit. Uh, but now, not even that, maybe you want to be athletic. So now we're at a point where we're we're giving people the antidote to, to you know, continuously right. continuing their dream. All the conversation's what they getting larger yeah. for sure. Oh man, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not- your story, especially like, and Nick kind of touched on this. You know, I, th- I feel like NBA would have just limited you. You know, that was just such a small goal, and what you focused on instead was your own abilities. Yeah. And because you focused on that, like, like you said, all these doors started opening up of of sports that didn't even exist, and and it was almost like the sports came to you to meet yeah. your abilities. Yeah. That- that's crazy that you say that because the other day I was just like, I don't want to be put in the box. Mm-hmm. You're so right. It, it's like I – and it just, it's crazy because I'm like, man, this even though basketball is great and it's, it's looked upon by many and not that I'm going away from it, but it's a man-made sport. Yeah. Like we're we're still having – we still don't know what we're doing here on earth, you know, but we have these, we have these abilities where – I mean, we could perform whatever we put our minds to, you know, and, and they, you know, I, I, I'm not even going to quote because I don't know the actual quote, but I heard her saying that we're going to use 10% of our brains, you know, mm-hmm. or um, we haven't even embarked on what we can actually do with our bodies. You know, the giraffe, um, you know, his neck grew long because he was on you know, it wasn't enough food down here. So he, he evolved, you know, like that stuff that you start looking into where it's like, wait, I, I'm not just going to limit this to just putting the ball in the hoop and running fast. And I mean, what if, what if, what if the hoop was 12 feet? Would mm-hmm. people adjust to having to jump 12 feet to dunk or to play on that? You know, like why limit yourself to something that you know is a standard? Um, so now it's like I'm just in in awe because not I do appreciate the whole basketball driving me and and awakening that. Um, that part of me, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little upset because I spent the majority, not the majority, I'm a little older now, but back in the day, I spent a lot of time working on just that sport. Mm-hmm. And that was just, for one, it's entertainment purposes. I mean, no matter how competitive it is, at the end of the day, we're buying tickets and we're watching. Um, and for two, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's not, it's a sport, it's man-made. Mm-hmm. Um, and and eventually that you know that sport will outgrow you. Like you look at a guy like Dwight Howard or Steve Francis, they were great dunkers, mm-hmm. but then they're like they're basketball players. 
And eventually, they're not gonna, they're not necessarily remembered as great dunkers. They're remembered for whatever the last thing they did was, which was what, maybe they were in the in the league for like five years too long and they made all this money. But they they gave up a lot, right? They get like you by focusing, you're actually able to have a little bit more control maybe than somebody. Yeah, yeah, like you're not going to make $200 million or whatever it is that Dwight Howard makes over the course of his career. But right, right. but he loses, he, he gives something up by doing that too, you know? You're right. No, you do. I mean, it's amazing. You're um, you're absolutely right. I mean, what are you going to do with it? It's, just, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. I've learned that as a business. I mean, not bitter about it at all, but when you when unable to do it, you don't have no collateral. And um, then you, f- you, those guys fail on the biggest stage imaginable too. I oh, think yeah. it must be so hard for them, you know? Very hard if you don't have nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. But that's why I commend LeBron James, you know, and, and a lot of other Michael Jordan and, and then Kobe Bryant. I mean, Kobe's writing children books. I mean, you think that if he didn't play ball that he wouldn't even get the opportunity to build that name. And, I mean, that that was a tool of basketball. He had Michael Jordan who is, you know, he's, he's selling sh- – he's doing his shoe business. I mean – it wouldn't be no Jordan, no Air Jordans if he didn't play ball. Mm-hmm. But like you said, ball is over. But what are you doing after that? I mean, that that opened up the door. I mean, um, LeBron James has the the actual the I Promise School. You know, he's he's he's, he's taking his lifestyle, what what he's done, what he had to go through, and he's using basketball to change others who were in similar situations. You know, for the better. So it's like. It's a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have an ability to do something, that's your collateral. That's your gift to to use to actually be you, to op- to put you on a pedestal, put you on the stage, and let the world see you. Because at the end of the day, like you said, I don't know. I mean, my next, my last jump could be in you know the next session, ten minutes from now. Yeah, it could be done. But what 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 have I built on that? Like what what's to come out of that? Um, so, hmm. and, I, and I do, I do want to talk a little bit about how you train too, though, um, because I, wa- I watched some videos. You put a couple of them out there, just like showing the way you do power cleans and RDLs and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm wondering as you, as you as you learned more and as you got more serious about like, all right, I'm just I'm not just doing this because I don't want to be injured. I'm doing this because you know I want to take care of myself. I want I want to do it right. Uh, what what are you what are you trying to train there? Like what aside from just I'm going to get strong. How, what what uh, what abilities are you trying to train in yourself in the weight room? Um, I I've uh, I broke it down. I broke it down to the jumping. Um, it's a very athletic ability, very athletic movement. Um, it's not an isolation movement. It's not a. It's not just a a body. I want to say, uh, you know, with the plyos, it's, it's a mixture. Of, it's not just a body movement. It's it's a mixture. Of, of everything that has to be put into it. It's a very athletic movement. Um, so I really broke it down as far as the the whole jumping motion. Like what, like they say I explode. Okay, so with the explosion, there has to be some sort of reaction. There has to be some sort of movement that's going to ignite that explosion. So I'm trying to find what muscle groups are are involved in working to create that explosion. So I um, I went in. Um, and this was, I can go on a whole story back in the days, but I'm not going to drown y'all. But I went in, um, and I filmed, I filmed me jumping, me dunking. Um, and I just broke down frame from frame from frame, like mm-hmm. what's going on at this point? What's going on at this point? Okay. What movement is happening? What, what the takeoff, what's the last? So I'm looking at it and upon looking at it, um, the vertical, the jump, you're not in the full squat. Mm-hmm. Or you're not in a a full deadlift. Um, you're not in the you're not doing the curls. You're not doing the one legged press. Like you're in a certain movement um, that is just for that for that motion or that that um, I want to say that move. So what move simulated that in in the weight room? And that was the one thing that I went to the weight room was like doing a little bit of study on it. So I was like, boom! I remember. In college, you know, when I went from junior college to Division One, you know, I worked with a guy named Todd Smith. He was just a mastermind. I mean, he's like, I say he's like my angel, you know, mm-hmm. because that he had this imagination of working out. It was like you didn't know what the heck you was gonna get into, like as far as coming into the weight room. Um, <clears throat> just to give you a little little insight on him, he had these squat racks, right? Um, that was hedged to the point where they would hang on the bar. So 
when you're going up in the squat, you might have three plates, 315 on. And as you're coming down in the squat, um, the way the uh, the bottom of uh, those pillars that was on each side worked was that they would hit an angle and they would drop off and then you would explode up. So it's like you're coming down in the squat um, to the point where your mind is tricking. You got 315 on you and then you have to get up. But as you're coming down, you're up has no weight. So your explosion is like, oh, so that's the type of stuff. Like, But he built this. He went to a welding company and, you know, he built this where, the, I mean, he manufactured. That's just where, that's who I was working with for those two and a half years. So that was like the scientific method mm-hmm. or, or mindset. Um, so going into the weight room, you know, we did these things called power cleans, sure. um, deadlifts. Um, hang cleans, um, hang snatch. Um, but all those motions were, they weren't basketball motions. Of course, they got you stronger. Mm-hmm. But going into a full squat where your butt is almost hitting the ground, that that wasn't the vertical. You don't, you don't, you're not in that motion. Or, or um, you know, the hang snatch where, you know, a lot of those motions aren't involved in the vertical. You know, it's no way, you know, on the hang clean where you're catching it, you're coming back down, and then you're coming up. I mean that unless you're doing multiple jumps, but we're working on the explosion. So um my work my training method was to modify those just for explosion, just for everything to be coming down and up. And not only that, you're not overemphasizing on the movement, you're more in lines of simulating a jumping motion. So going in, I modified the deadlift to the point where um you're not going well, a lot of people it's so many different variations of it, but you modify a little bit with a little bit of bend mm-hmm. in in the knee, just a slight bend. Um, as far as your back, you're, you're adjusting your back to the jumping motion. If you ever look at jumping, it, it's a complete deadlift, but it's modified to the point where you're not rounding your – well, if you round your back, you have bad posture. But <laughs> <laughs> like you're not going all the way in depth to the full range of motion. You're going to – the motion where you ignite that explosive mm-hmm. muscle, which is the hamstrings, which is the glutes, which is the lower back, which is the abs. Mm-hmm. Like once you ignite that muscle, now all of a sudden you use that to move the muscle. Okay. Now is, that, is this when you pause down at the bottom there? I feel like I was watching you do these these Romanian deadlifts, and you get that down that point. You pause, then you explode. Up. Right. See the pause. The pause is because you have to make a a conscious um, connection. You have to connect with that muscle. Like a lot of people do these workouts, and if you don't really focus on that muscle and its movement and really get the contraction and, and the force and, and the, the power out of that, you're not working that muscle. You're just going, you might, you might nick it and hit it every now and again, but you're not getting the full effect of that muscle. So that pause is allowing you to become one with that muscle group, to know exactly when that muscle or that muscle group is triggered. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you explode. Move the muscle. That's that. That's like in that point when you're going up to the hoop when you do your little hop. You're like, yeah. all right, we're loaded here. Yeah. We're loaded. So now it's like I, I. So now in my jumping motion, when I'm going to jump, I can feel that. I can ignite that. I can feel that muscle. Those muscles work, and I know that I'm using that. And then if I'm if I'm not jumping high, like I, I can pinpoint why I'm not. Like, oh, okay, I wasn't low enough, or my back wasn't washed, my ass weren't tight, or this is that. I can feel that. And those like once you make that connection between the weight room and whatever you're doing, mine is jumping. Now all of a sudden, it, it, it's not a guess. You're not guessing if I'm a jump high this night. You're not guessing if I'm working on that muscle. Well, hopefully it's improving. No, I know it's improving now because I've done the research. I've I I, I made the connection. I know exactly where I need to be in order to. Okay, and, and now with the power clean, how do you how do you modify that to to really replicate that jumping explosion? Um, well, the power clean the power clean is coming from off the ground, um, and it's more of a bend in the knee. In the knee, um, the one thing about the power clean um, is that I'm not coming down. It's just an explosion. I'm still catching it in the shoulder um, adjustment. I want to say shoulder flip, or you know, you mm-hmm. catch the catch. Yeah. yeah, the catch <laughs> was it real difficult. Um, although, if you're not good at that, you can you can just re you know, revert to this, the high pull. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm throwing that, that weight up. It's not coming down. It's more in the lines of I'm throwing it up and I'm catching it for safety and I'm dropping it. Opposed to what a real power clean is, is you're exploding the muscle up, you're flipping the shoulders and you're getting under it. Right. And then you lock. And, you lock. Right. and then you're coming up again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is cool. I, I, I still do those, but I know what, if I want to just really work on that one explosive movement in jumping, I'm going up. I'm not coming down. So nice. it's an explosion, boom, and a You drop. get off the ground pretty high with those too, it yeah. seems like, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not just like, oh, I'm up on my toes. It's like, yeah. boom, I'm six inches up in the area at yeah. least, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of, I mean, it's that connection. I mean, what are you doing? What mm -hmm. are you doing it for? You're jumping. My mind, I'm jumping. And the trigger is that, or the kicker is that, if I did it enough, I can trick my mind into thinking every time I'm in that motion, I'm pushing 315. Mm -hmm. So if I'm pushing 315, every time I'm in that motion, when I get on the court and I got a 29.5, don't quote me, 29.6, uh, <laughs> you know, ounce basketball, and my mind's thinking 315 is going to be some smoke in the city. You know what I mean? So, sure. And did you, so. find, did you find that doing this paid off pretty immediately? Um, it did. Uh, my, my vertical... I went from a, a 34, 35-inch vertical um, between my sophomore year of college. No, my yeah, my sophomore year to my junior junior year when I worked with Todd Smith to a 44, 45-inch in one summer. Hmm. And just from those exercises. And then from that, I mean, th that was cool. That was great. Um, but then after the glow charters and after really getting into it, you know, getting back to a 45, it was like, I want to go higher, like mm -hmm. how to get higher. And, you know, getting in there and, and adjusting it and modifying it. I mean, this this program or what I put together has been in the works ever since. I mean, it's really for me. I really wrote it down for me where I can go in and know exactly what I'm going to do every day. But I've been doing that. I mean, I have this put together for a while, but only I can understand it. Like, how can I get it out there where everybody else can understand right. it? Um, but that boosted my vertical from – I mean, like I said, when I when I was able to jump again, it was like I'm not I'm not gonna limit it. So I boost my vertical from from the 45 or 46 I was at to to the 50s, and then all of a sudden I measure it and it's 53, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So I mean, and this is not you're not a 19 year old anymore. You're not you're no. not yeah. You're you're doing that. You're doing this in your 20s and your 30s. You're jumping 53. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty powerful. It's crazy. It's crazy because I don't, I don't, I really don't know what I'm doing. No, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going. You know, and, and there are some special human beings out there. Mm -hmm. You know that that can definitely. Um, that's just the thing. Like, is it? Is it? Like, we can blame it on my athletic ability a while ago. You know, you can say, "Oh, you was just really athletic." That's great. Uh, but I got a lot of miles on this truck. You know, and you know the the, the people start to decline in athletic ability. Long time ago, right? Um, so to still be able to do it and still keep that work ethic and continue uh, to live by what I've been doing and, and it's showing no drop off and by by all means improvement. Hey, what what more do you want? You know, mm -hmm. so. clean living, man. <laughs> That's where it's at. All right. So so before you go though, I, I, if you're here, I got to ask you who you top five all-time favorite dunkers are. <laughs> is Daryl Dawkins on there? Myrie, Myrie, no. <laughs> um, Daryl Dawkins. Is is definitely top of my list just because he's oh man he's, he had personality. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was one of the first ones to really announce the dunk as an expression of personality on the court in game even in game. You know, I mean, he <laughs> the was, game will stop. <laughs> oh man, he talked so much. I didn't really know he was such a such a trash talker until you know we got to sit down and have lunch and oh man, you know I, he has a a name for every dunk, but. He has to be top five, if not number one, and that that doesn't have to do with dunking. That just has to do with what he did for the dunk game. Mm -hmm. You know, he put his personality in it. And man, even if you take away dunking, you look at Daryl Dawkins, like dude, this, he's an amazing dude. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing guy. So uh, he's number he he's top five. Uh, Vince Carter, you can't go away from that. Right, like, Vince Carter is. Crazy. And talk about somebody who's ageless too. Oh, he's age. He's still doing something. Still things. doing it. In fact, his name was um, still surfacing as far as like, hey, we can get you in a dunk contest this year. Oh my and god! It, <laughs> it, 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 right, and it, it was like that would be that would be the kicker. Mm -hmm. That'd be amazing to see. You know, you put on this dunk contest. Um, was it 08? I want to say mm -hmm. not to quote. Cool, yeah, he put on this dunk contest that was just he brought it back. You know, it's when the dunk contest was dying See, out. We need the masters dunk competition with you and Vince Carter. Honestly, I'd, nice. that'd be that'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even compete. In fact, I'll just be like, "Yo, I'm not even. I'm not even worthy of." <laughs> Whatever you show up there, you know you got to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's gonna get the business, man. Uh, 
but yeah, that that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, but mind you, he's six six, wingspan crazy. Right. But if you look at his, oh, I looked at some of his college dunks and his in game dunks are like they're better than a dunk contest. Dunk. Mm-hmm. So definitely top five. Dominique Wilkins is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins is is where the power and finesse comes from. Um, and just yeah, he he could get off the ground like nobody back then. He got off the ground, and I got to sit down with him and talk to him. Oh he really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Sit down and talk to him, and all he and he still he just he's still the best dunker in the world to him. Mm-hmm. Like he talks about all his dunk <laughs> contests, and was talking about how he went up against Ralph Sampson in the uh, European dunk contest and Daryl Dawkins. So you had Daryl Dawkins here. Yeah, Dominique Wilkins here, and they were just talking smash back. Yeah, you remember when we was in China? Yeah, I kicked your ass on that one. You don't remember that one? <laughs> you know, so it was like, you know, these these uh, dunk wars, and it was like, wow. Um, but he had personality. Mm-hmm. And he brought a different a different style to the dunk game. Like, even though he lost a couple times to Michael Jordan, man, this guy was powerful. Yeah, I mean, powerful. but his his most iconic dunks are like, they're, 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 in terms of like the how popular they are, how much people love them, they're right up there with the great Jordan dunks for sure. Oh, yeah. If, if, if people wasn't a Air Jordan fan, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was, everybody's a little biased just because Air Jordan. Um, Dominique Wilkins definitely had better dunks. Mm-hmm. Better yeah, and in, in the 80s, I remember that. It was like you were kind of a, a Wilkins guy or a Jordan guy back yeah. then in the 80s. And I was, I was like, I mean, I like Michael Jordan as much as anybody, but Dominique <laughs> Wilkins was like an alien, the shit he oh, could he, do. <laughs> he was amazing. He was crazy. Um, <clears throat> wow, it's so tough because, I mean, I kind of – I love a lot of dunkers just because they, they have different styles. Um, but do you, it's no way you're gonna go without saying Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Michael Jordan, he's he's the reason why there is a dunk contest still. You know, he's the reason why people are out there still trying to. They're still trying to, you know, simulate that. that but he's the reason why there's an NBA to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah he he did it. He he made it. You know, he's the one. Um, so Michael Jordan, nobody's going to forget about that free throw line dunk. And um, then you're not going to even forget about him dunking on Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, it's like, wow, you know. And, and it wasn't even, I respect him because if, like, people don't understand, like, dunking, yeah, you can do it for entertainment. But dunking is because you're trying to force a score. Right. You know, you're trying mm-hmm. to score. Sometimes when, especially, you know, the Michael Jordan rules, you know, back in the day, they had the Michael Jordan rules against the Pistons and mm-hmm. the Jordan rules, right? Jordan rules. It was no way going in there soft. You mm-hmm. know, you're not. There's no layups in there, um, so you have to dunk. So that's why, you know, I respect him because he's not just doing it for the show. I mean, he's going to go through you mm-hmm. with every everything you put up against him. Still dunk the ball, so he's definitely top. Um, and there's there's. You got one left. Yeah, one left. That, that hurts. That hurts so bad. Oh, that hurts so bad. Oh man, that's crazy. Um, ooh. Well, Sean Kemp. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it, Sean Kemp. See, people Sean don't. Kemp. I have a Sean Kemp jersey at home. Get out of here. Are you yeah, I, I I bought it like 15 years ago for dollar 49 at this thrift store. Oh my and gosh! I I kept it. I, I mow I mow my grass in my Sean Kemp jersey. I love that thing. <laughs> people don't think about him. They think about him as a big man, but he yeah. he, he could fly. Oh my! He was. Oh my gosh, man, Sean Kemp. I can't even. I don't even want to explain him. You mm-hmm. you just have to go back and watch his videos because, I mean, he's. He, you're right. He flies. He flies, and he, he flies. Mm-hmm. He can't say anything. I mean, this guy. I mean, he definitely had Gary Payton on his team, who kind of threw those assists, and it was amazing. But when you when you see him coming down the lane, he's taking off from any position, any type of coordinated position, any movement. Um, you don't know where he's coming from. He had a wicked haircut back then. Oh, he was. He had the Gumby man. We called the Gumby. <laughs> Coming up at an angle, <laughs> yeah, we don't know how it happened, man. He just he's bald all the way until his no, but um, <laughs> you know, just give me the one and just give me a two on the top. But uh, yeah, he, he's he's um, I mean, he's an amazing player. So these are classics. I like it. I like it. I mean, there's there's some great dunkers now too. Yeah. There are, but I you know what? There's always an origin. I always feel like it's nothing new under the sun. I mean, these guys are even myself. I mean, I'm doing some pretty extraordinary things, but. It's nothing that I haven't seen these old guys do, and I really feel I really have to like pay homage to like the people who who um, definitely started the motion or the movement. I mean, it's 
this stuff has been done. They've been doing this stuff. We just didn't have the, you know, the, the social media and YouTube and stuff back then. But mm-hmm. see, see, the dunk scholar here. That's what you are. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things. All right. Well, Myri Bowden, thanks so much for coming and talking with us, man. It's great to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, how do people find you online? Um, uh, my social media, uh, definitely with my Instagram is um, Remix with two E's, um, zero five. Um, pretty awesome so make sure you go i, I might yes, give you a little little snippets of what i do as far as uh as far as improving my my bird and i might throw down some some inter- interesting dunks so. um, <laughs> you want to see some interesting dunks interesting yeah. dunks and then youtube um i haven't quite got a control on that but people post my dunks on there every day and i even go back and watch it you know it's kind of yeah. it's kind of my netflix and chill type thing so. yeah you don't you don't have to go to his you don't, you don't have to go to yeah. his youtube channel in order to see him dunking just put put his name just in on youtube yeah. all right well thank you so much man great to have you here appreciate you guys thank you